Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show. Tonight, as always, our aim is to shed some light on what's happening in the Australian stock market as our goal is to inform and educate you on the realities of successful investing and trading. This is also the show where you get to ask us, the stock market experts, your questions. We give you the answers. Now, our topic for tonight, you're all excited, I know, trading microcap stocks with the potential to profit. Hello, I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hello. What's an expert? <laughs> you said we're stock market experts. <laughs> That's a new one, isn't it? <laughs> an expert. What's an expert? Um, I don't know what an expert is. I just get a bit funny about, you know, being called an expert. I'm not used to that. Well, better than being called a guru. A guru is a four-letter word. I know. That's terrible, isn't I it? I know. You know what? I said, like... I'm having to do house cleaning. This COVID-19 <laughs> stuff is like our cleaner's not coming to our house anymore. Well, you didn't do very well, actually. I was looking at the toilet seat and I'm assuming that Lee gave you the job to do the toilet seats. <laughs> no, I didn't touch the toilets. I did all the vacuuming and all the mopping and carrying bins out and all this sort of stuff. It's and getting too technical on this show right now. I know, but I... I actually I, thought we were going to get caught in, I a, made the bed. in a thunderstorm. Those dark clouds. I really, I know, Melbourne's was, great, isn't it? Oh, so One minute beautiful. it's sunny, the next minute it's pouring with rain. Everyone in Queensland's laughing at us. They are, right but now. yesterday was beautiful. But anyway, we need to get onto the show. Now, remember, if you have a burning question for us, record a 30-second video and email it to info at wealthwithin.com.au. Now, if you're shy, then you can also send us your question as an email, but none of you are shy. We need to have videos, so <laughs> please stick the camera in front of your face because Dale, Dale and Janine want to see who you are and um, get to know where you're from around the world but tonight if it's your first time watching then thank you for joining us and welcome to the show moving on it is the third tuesday in the month and you know what this means What's oh, my drum sorry. Roll? you're boycotting this that's my drum roll <laughs> so let's get into the charts right now and look at world markets that was okay. a bit of a crappy drum roll wasn't it <laughs> wasn't it how much are we paying you for that one? Nothing. That's okay. the problem. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Looking at the charts there, you can see we've got the NASDAQ 100 index at the top there for the year. Now, this is the big picture yearly. Okay. So we always like to look at big picture first if we can, but sometimes you make me look at the weekly first. <laughs> okay. Now, we're coming I don't make down, you do anything. Come down, coming down the list, we're looking at the S&P 500. Now, that's about 4.7% up at the moment. All ordinaries index, 25 um, looking down further at the Asian markets, we're seeing the, the Japanese Nikkei down. Well, it's up 0.9, so almost 1% there. 
Further down, we're looking at the, the CAC 40 index down 0.45, Dow Jones Industrial Average down 2.4. Interesting that the Dow's dropped off, isn't it, for the year? Um, yeah. Well, the Dow's coming back. I mean, the Dow mm. was down, a, it's, it's been a bit sideways, but if you... It's pushed up so The last couple though. of weeks, the Dow's beaten the S&P mm. 500 and the NASDAQ. It's outperformed, and the NASDAQ, I think, only went up 0.3 of a percent, and the S&P went up about 0.6 something. It's on my US market report, but their momentum's slowing. Mm. Um, and so that's where I started asking the question, is the money now moving into the more defensive area in those bigger stocks that are in the Dow there? So it'd be interesting from that point of view, but some of those markets are slowing a little bit, but I noticed Asia was doing a bit better last week. How do we put logic around what the US market's done? It's basically come back to where it was trading before COVID, and yet Correct. the economy's dealing with all of these new issues. So what does mm. that tell you? But you're looking at PEs, broadly PEs are over 20 on the US. Mm. So you're talking about their PE ratios are high, mm -hmm. um, suggesting its market's overvalued. So you've got all these prices, they're going, you know, the NASDAQ and the S&P have made a new high. The Dow, Dow is, has it? I can't remember whether it has or not. No, it hasn't yet. It's getting close to making its high back from February. So it, it, you've really got to see why is it going up at the moment? Mm. Is it good fundamentals or is it just because of the stimulus packages? Because the money's got to, the money's got to go somewhere. And it I think really it's the does. Fed. I think we need to keep an eye on what the Fed's doing. And mm. if the Fed says, you know, steady as we go, we're still continuing to apply the same policy, then you know the market's not going to hiccup too much. But when they start talking about a change, mm. that's when you need to pay attention because this is this is what happened back in 2014. Hmm. Mm. So when so when is that? Is it, you're sort of saying people need to watch out for when the Fed said, okay, the stimulus packages are over, we're going to stop. Oh, they normally them. they normally give you advance notice, so they're mm. not. There's no knee-jerk reactions typically, so it's in mm. advance, and the, just the wording in their commentary changes. So that's what we look out for. But I know there's a lot of, and I mean, this is we're just talking about world markets here, and obviously the Dow and the Nasdaq are, are pretty important indices in the in the world scheme of things and people watch those and obviously the S&P 500. When I was chatting with Jim yesterday off camera, well I'm not sure I can do it off camera because he's in Atlanta and I'm here in Australia so I'm still seeing him but before, when we weren't recording he was saying there's riots all over America you know like Chicago and LA and all that sort of stuff there's a lot of riots still going on a lot of issues going on in the US and he's gobsmacked at why the market continues to keep rising yet we're not hearing this sort of news here in Australia all we're hearing is COVID. how bad COVID is in Melbourne and that's why we're constantly hearing mm. and it's like the, the media is controlling the, the, the messages at them and it always does but they're controlling us at the moment with this COVID message to try and keep that's us at home. you need to watch world news. I do, I watch the BBC and I watch the ABC and getting world okay. news but even I was watching the ABC last night and we weren't hearing anything about what was going on mm. in America. It was just, you know, they talk a bit about the election, the Democrats and the Republicans and you've got to look at well, what's going to happen there. Um, obviously Trump wants the US market to be good going into to the election and obviously I think the primaries are starting is it the primaries? Yeah, I mean I mean you need to know all this stuff because you're always mm. reporting on it but mm. how much of it really is important to someone who's trading the market? Oh, I think about one percent yeah that's <laughs> about it yeah you don't really need to know much of this so what are you talking about in here in, in terms of where do you think well the world markets are going because obviously world, world markets are and obviously currencies we're going to talk about next week. Mm. I mean it's just it's different because you know, if you look at the Asian markets, they're different to mm. what the US market is doing and to what our market is doing. Correct. It's like the US market's leading, we're following, and the Asian markets are lagging behind. Mm. So, you know, it's really 
a, quite a changeable situation at the moment, I think. Mm. I mean, the market could surprise us and keep going. It's done it before, even though you try to put, you know, fact and logic behind it, sometimes it defies all of that. Correct. Mm. And I mean, to me, the, with the market, both the Aussie market and the US market needs to come into a low into the late third quarter, early first, fourth quarter. I'm thinking it's either going to be late September or very early in October mm -hmm. at this point in time. How much that fall is going to be, is that's the conjecture, isn't it, right yeah. now? And that will depend on what's happening in the US in terms of the stimulus package, etc. Mm -hmm. I don't think our market's going to fall too much now. I think we're just going to have a bit of a retracement and then go back up again. It is looking better. Yeah, I think what we've got to keep an eye on is the Hang Seng mm. Index because mm. we have followed, in terms of the form of our mm. market and the shape of it, we've followed that mm. and it's down and we're actually doing quite well compared to it. So I look look at our market as a positive when I'm comparing it to the mm. Hang Seng. So um, why don't we just have a look at the monthly as well, just see Good what's idea. happening there. So we can see it's a sea of green. You know, we don't have anything red there. And, oh, well, we do actually. The New Zealand is down point. But it was one of the leading indices this Early whole last on. year, mm. it's been one of the leading. And you've got the, yeah. the, the Asian markets at the top, the Dow's up the top mm. over the last month. And then you've obviously got the NASDAQ comp down about halfway. And there's some people below that. So that's what I'm saying is I'm thinking there's maybe the shift, shifting mm. in the guard at the moment. And when you start seeing money flows in different areas, you start seeing that a, a, that whole um, psychology of the market changing. Because what's yeah. driving the market now, it's still retail investors. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's retail investors, but then the big money's mm. got to be behind it to make any decent moves mm. on any market, mm. doesn't so it? So where's the big money flowing mm. now? That's, that's right. That's the question mm. anyway. But let's get into our first question. So the first up, we would like to thank everyone for their questions. Now, remember, if you do have a question, the more detail you provide, the more likely your question will be answered. But also remember, don't send in an essay. One or two short paragraphs will suffice. So our first question is, Janine? Right, we have an email from Daniel. Hi guys, what do you think about KAR as a long-term hold? Also, BBOZ, what do you think as a collapse of the markets? Thanks, Daniel. Now, that's BBOZ is about it's a bear, it's a bear ETF. Yeah. So we're not going to actually look at that one tonight. What we're going to look at is KAR. So let's just bring that up on the, the screen so that we can share that with you. Okay, so that's Karoon Energy. Yep. Okay. So this is a smaller stock, mm -hmm. as you can see. So first of all, before we have a look at the monthly chart, I just want to talk about the size of the, the or the value being traded. So you can see there's about 28 million shares across there. And it varies depending on from week to week. It can be right down as many as 13. But you're talking about a stock that's only, it's less than a dollar at the moment. Um, so therefore that makes a big difference. But mm. it is still a reason, it's a stock that traders could trade and, and not as an individual and not be too concerned about um, moving the market. But as a, big, um, as a bigger fund manager or trading larger portions, it's something that we wouldn't look at. So, mm. but looking at the run up, it's in a nice uptrend at the moment. Well, energy's been, last month, energy's done really, really well. Yeah, and we've been know? saying that energy mm. is a one to watch out, one mm. of the ones to watch out for anyway, and it, mm. it is moving. So. You know, if you're on it, then you wouldn't be looking to sell this one right now. You'd be looking to just to hold it for now and look and manage an, a good exit on it. Yeah, mm. and I think you know, at the moment, it's looking like it's in a more bullish move. Yeah, um, and look how, at the monthly. Hmm. And the monthly, look, yeah, it's come off some really bad lows, isn't it, um, over on the monthly? And it is quite a volatile stock, but people really do need to understand what they're doing on this stock, I think. Mm. It is a more of a trading stock, from yeah. what I'm seeing, rather than exactly. a buy and hold stock from that. But... Thanks for the question. It's a really good question I, I, and, and a really good stock to look at, though, from mm. the point of view of the energy sector. And I mm. think that this could be nice more longer term. But, um, you know, 
if you were trading this more medium to longer term, you'd have to really think twice in this current market about doing that just yeah. simply because it could turn and come back down and test support from that recent low. But it looks like it may be starting a new, it may have turned, but it's, it's yet to confirm from a longer term perspective. Yeah, normally when you start seeing a little bit more vertical, it's starting to end that mm. end of the run and, sit, yeah. and you're getting probably the last end of the money. And when you're getting those people that are chatting about something all the time, a, more, a lower type of cap stock, mm. you start seeing a lot of money, the late money coming in, it'll take it vertical. And then when that goes vertical, they run out pretty quickly and then it turns over. So that's probably right at the moment. If you're not in it, I'd probably stay out of it a little bit, I think, yeah. from my, my view. For now, but over to you. Over to me. So the next question we've got is from Ian. He's a good looking dude like me. Um, he says, hi, Dale and Janine. I'm looking at trading Australian Euro as I've purchased in, of a purchase in Euro coming up next year. Can you tell me where is the best place to start? Or in your opinion, are I best to do just do exchange Australian for, to Euro for the sale? Thanks for your help. Cheers. And I think what he's actually saying is, is he, he's got something to buy in Euros mm. um, sometime next year, which we don't know when it, that point is. We don't know how much he's looking at either in terms yep. of dollar terms. But he's looking at does he exchange Australian dollars now for Euro or does he wait? I think that's what he's actually saying. Yeah, that's my take. You've looked at currencies too from the point of view of whether, mm. you know, if you were travelling, you know, for example, then you would decide on the timing, but you've got your own view on that, haven't you? Yeah, look, I get, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I got a royalty check from mm. the US the other day, you know, and it's like, I keep saying, don't send me your money. Just mm. keep it in your bank account for a while because the more it's in US dollars, I'm happy at the moment. Mm -hmm. So, but then I look at when the Australian dollars and I can convert it into Australian dollars. So I'm always yep. looking at that US Aussie dollar rate and where that's going to run because obviously I want to exchange it for the for the right time. But there's two, there's two things for me. It's, it's, one is it about is when are you going to, when do you actually need the money and are you just splitting hairs? So sometimes if you transfer Australian dollars, you're pulling out of Australian dollar bank account, putting it into euro, then what are you going to do with euro? You're going to mm -hmm. have physical euro in your hand, like cash in your hand, or you're going to have euro sitting in some sort of bank account in Europe or whatever it is and earning interest over there. And I don't know, that's a big question you, we haven't got the information from. So that's one thing and, you gotta, and you're betting on what the, what the exchange rate is at whatever time it is down in the future. So I think what you're asking us is, is, is the Australian dollar going to get stronger against the euro? Mm. That's what most people are asking. Um, so therefore I'll hang on changing it until that point in time where I've absolutely have to do it and it's almost that six for one half to a dozen the other you know you damned if you do damned if you don't yeah just have a look at the chart quickly mm. well you look at the chart yeah so before you tell me off about the cross here i thought i'd better turn it off <laughs> got in early everybody <laughs> thinks i tell you off about a whole lot of stuff i don't tell you off about a whole lot of stuff i know i get cranky sometimes but i'm not that bad you <laughs> when you get the man flu that's even you know take it to another level oh, isn't don't it? talk about flu nowadays no <laughs> Gee. Okay, bad use of words there. So looking at the um, Australian dollar euro on the monthly, you can see there that it's actually rebounded up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's quite, it's, it's, it's what you'd expect right now, oh. given where the Australian dollar is being, um, was trading for other, against other currencies. It's doing a similar sort of thing against the US dollar. Mm. So looking at the pullback now, do you think the pullback's over? I think that's probably something we can tell him to help him. Well, it does look like the pullback's over to me. And the thing, the part of the thing that I look at is also what's, 
what's the percentage movement that's likely to make it worthwhile to do it? Mm. So if, if the, let's say over a 12 month period, the Aussie Euro fluctuates 5% either way, then you've got to look at it and go, is that worth changing now or later on? Or, um, or it's only worth, it's only a couple hundred bucks to me, depending on how much, because we don't know the amount, we don't know when. Yeah. And so is it worth just a couple hundred bucks to me or is it going to cost me $10,000? They're the questions we don't know the answers to because when and how much? Is it Aren't you glad that he didn't ask that? Would have I'm been. glad you didn't ask that. Um, I'm really glad you didn't ask that. But so again, it's, it's, I mean, I'm sorry we're not answering, probably answering the full detail of your question because we'd, we'd like to, but we just can't. At the moment, the euro and the Aussie looks look, look like it's stabilised. The euro's against the Aussie. Um, I think the Aussie is probably going to be a little bit stronger moving forward because we have got a very strong economy at the moment. Um, and if we get out of this COVID mess, COVID mess here in Melbourne, in the next four weeks, five weeks, or the next, basically, you know, sort of by Christmas, then I think we're placed to do very, very well after that. Look, so. I, can I just say, I agree mm. with you. However, I think there could be a little bit of short-term downside mm. potentially mm. on mm. it. And I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that it could be for a few weeks, it could be um, before yeah. that stronger move that you're talking about comes mm. in. But if he's looking next year, I think, I'd, I'd, look, I don't know. But right now, it's not a, there's no right answer at this point in time. I think that's what it is. So All right. I'll let you take we it away now. better move on before we get in trouble. <laughs> Hi, Dale and Janine. I enjoy watching your show. in trouble show. all the time. <laughs> uh, some while ago, you briefly suggested a way of increasing the income from your share portfolio by use of options. Could you please explain it? Helmet. Yeah, thanks for the question, Helmet. It's a really good one. I know that Dale brought up this um, thing about options, so can I blame you for that one? You do for everything else, so why not? Keep blaming me. <laughs> okay, so look, anyway, Dale was talking about mm. options and how you can actually write options over the shares that you're holding to generate income. Recently, that's what you were mentioning. Mm. Um, and so this is possible. The interesting thing about that is when you look at it, you've got to be prepared to give up the stock. When you're doing it so you can go to all of this effort to technically pick a stock trade it and buy it and then you write options over it okay you want to make income that's one thing but then you've got to be really clear on what the purpose is for you doing that because if you do get taken out your position's gone and your potential capital growth's cut off at the knees there's a possibility for that but I mean you, you can work out in advance how much you're likely to make in terms of the capital growth and of mm -hmm. course you know what the um, the option is paying because options um, you know well, they, they call they call options what we're talking about and the best place to go to look up this information is actually on the ASX mm -hmm. website Very they've got so. so much information on options and you've been saying for years you don't really need to do a course on options that you can just go to the ASX because you know they're specialised in that don't yeah. they even run have recordings on the website yeah there? like i know graham who i catch mm. up with every now and again he's their derivatives person and options person so he goes around i oh, know he's i mean you or me have been one to his, his seminars yeah. on options mm. and he goes around they're free and a lot of you get these educators saying we'll teach you how to make money out of writing options but you don't need to. it's all in the book that, yeah. that they give you there's there's you can download it for free just go to the website of the asx and go to options and download their options book tells you everything you need to know because to write an option you're best off having a broker that you can talk to and manage your portfolio and generally writing options you've got a slightly larger portfolio because you need a reasonable amount of shares to in like let's say in BHP to make it worthwhile because of the premium that you get for writing an option so basically you're agreeing to sell your option your shares to somebody at a point down in the track for a certain price so there's pretty much no downside on writing options it's basically very very low risk because you're writing them on top of your actual share and let's say for example you've got a share at ten dollars and you write the option to sell at eleven you're still going to make that one dollar 
if you get taken up as, and uh, but you're actually getting a premium for somebody to have that exposure but the person buying the option they're hoping it goes to $13 and they get to buy it off you at $11 that's what they're hoping so the Australian market's been like mm. since the GFC writing options hasn't paid that well no, so because that doesn't mean it's volatile yeah I mean I, I went to the American market to mm. trade the options simply mm. because you could make more on, mm. over there on it however you know, I, I guess I caution people in, in getting into this. It's good to look into it and learn mm. things. It's really important. However, people get distracted by some of the other option strategies Correct. and then end up going down a path that they're not really ready for. So you, as you would say with trading anything, you really need to know how to trade stocks yeah. first and understand the movements in shares and all of that. You make far more money because way. a lot of those... Sorry, I've just cut mm, you no, off then. Fine. But you make a far more money because a lot of those option strategies about capping the top and the bottom so minimizing mm. your downside risk but minimizing your upside risk and taking a little bit of profit in the middle but if you know direction first as a trader then you get rid of that one and you've just got the bottom protected mm. and let it go yeah uh, and that's what i find a lot of people with options they're very hit and miss mm -hmm. because they're, they're only getting tiny little profits but writing options is a good way as a retiree to in generate income and they can regenerate anything between was it 2% a month to 6% a month on their yeah, portfolio? Their and that's not to be sneezed at compared mm. to interest rates. So that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. But again, go on, all you need to do is go to a broker who does options, um, if you've, whatever your portfolio is, and have a chat with them. Download the information from the ASX, asx.com.au. Read up on that so you're informed and go and talk to a really, really good broker because it could be, depending on the size of your portfolio, a really good strategy, but again, you need to know what you're doing. But let's get on to the next email. I think this one's from Andrew, and we've shortened your email a little bit, matey. And he says, hello, Dale and Janine. Appreciate your time and effort each week on the YouTube channel. I've brought into a micro cap mining stock, my favorite, um, Manhattan Corp MHC at 14 cents for a moderate amount. This um, is due to several announcements and in before the hype. They're currently following up on a recent discovery, shallow high grade Western load at New Bendigo uh, where recent drilling returned. They're drilling in early August and I want to want to know the normal life cycle for these micro caps. When is a good time to exit? Thoughts would appreciate. <laughs> you did that one me? on purpose, didn't you, for me, didn't you? You loved I it. I put it in there for him. I have to admit it. Um, look, I mean, it is an interesting question, though, the life cycle of a, of a stock, especially these mining stocks. Mm. Mm. And mining does have a, a life cycle, can have a life cycle, but I guess that to us is not as important as actually understanding, one, the liquidity of the stock first and then understanding where the stock's trading from a technical perspective. Well, to me, it's about liquidity direction. Mm. And the second thing was with more these mining stocks, they tend to be a lot more cyclical in nature. And what I mean by cyclical in nature is they have a, boat, a low price and a high price and they travel between the two quite regularly yeah. because they're based on the commodity themselves. And as commodity prices rise obviously the stock rises and as commodity prices fall, the stock falls. So that's what's going on. And obviously the Aussie dollar will affect all of that as well, depending on what that is against the US dollar. But you find as, as commodities go into oversupply and undersupply, that's where you get the fluctuations. And so you'll get that move where it goes up and down and up and down. So they really are a trading stock, mm. most of them. Not all of them, but most of them. There are some good mining stocks and that are good for good growth, but generally you're going to get in them and get out of them. And this thing's gone vertical for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And I think what the question is, is they're asking, is this worth it again for before the announcements? Now, Janine and I never, ever, ever trade on announcements. We just don't do that. Or impending announcements, because it's always, always about direction first. Understand direction 
understand what the volatility is and liquidity. And once you've got that and something's a good buy, we find when we get a good buy, we find announcements happen that we don't know about and then it takes the price higher. So sometimes we'll buy into a stock or quite often we'll buy into a stock and something will happen and there'll be an announcement and people go, how did you know that was happening? And we go, we didn't. It was just the stock was telling us to buy it. It could go the it's, other way as well. It could go the other way. But we, no, what I'm saying is we don't mm. buy on the announcement. We're buying yeah. on solid analysis first. But even if they have a good announcement, yeah, what I'm saying it could is go it could the go other the way. other way. Yeah, mm. well, it could. So what's your thoughts on this stock? All right. So look, um, Manhattan Corp, looking at the monthly chart um, first, you can see that it looks like it's coming off a long-term mm -hmm. bottom. So I was thinking about his question about the this life cycle of a company. There's a lot of capital intensiveness that goes into these mining companies and they can have that boom-bust situation a lot of the time. And you can see that that chart looks like the boom-bust, doesn't it? Just That's a typical seriously a liquid stock. Yeah, so the liquidity is a big problem. You can see from all the gaps on the weekly chart there. Now, as soon as you see this sort of chart on a weekly chart, you know to steer clear of the stock. Until there's more mm. money yeah. flowing into the stock, it's not something that really you want to be looking at because you're just wasting your time and potentially taking high risk and then uh, leaving yourself exposed mm. to a situation where when you try to get out, you may not be able to get the price that you want. So that's really the issue with some of these little shares. But we, tonight is all about microcats, so... It is all about microcaps. He's in. He's in the share at fourteen cents. Mm. He's making money with it. With it, he's waiting on another announcement. So, what should you suggest he do? Oh, I would say just at the moment ignore the announcements and just if you're in it. If if I was in this stock, I'd be holding it now mm. until I've got a technical exit. But I'd be very. Um, I'd be quite tight with my exit in terms of managing it. Depending, yeah, I would I'd be pick too. a pick a trading strategy that's going to allow me to do that, take some money off the table. So essentially what you're saying, this could have already overshot it based on what they think the announcements are going to happen? Yeah. Could, could be have. anyway. Well, look, I'd, I'd actually trade it two, two ways as well. I'd actually look to take some money off the table while I've got a profit on a mm. technical signal and then try to let the profits run. If they do, that's great. If not, then... Take your risk off the But table. always know where you're going to get out. That's cool. the thing with this. Right. Yep. Okay, remember to hit that subscribe button now and also like the video. Remember to share the video on tonight's show with your social media, with your friends and colleagues, so the show can grow and you'll help more people. Yeah. We're into, I think it's now it's time we get into the topic, so it's we are. for you to take it away, I think, isn't it? Okay, I'll put myself up first. That was nice of me, wasn't it? Ladies first. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about trading microcap stocks with the potential to profit. While we warn people against trading these stocks at the bottom end of the market because of the risks, we know that many will go down this path, and we'd actually prefer that you're forearmed. You know that old saying, being forearmed is forewarned. Forearms, I thought that's like you're like a bug then. Bugs, we've got forearms. <laughs> um, Spiders so, have eight. So we know that some people are not going to oh, take heed of what we suggest, so that's why we're doing this tonight. Okay. Um, now, most traders struggle to find microcap stocks with a potential to profit, and so tonight we'll not only share tips on trading microcap stocks, we'll discuss how to minimise your risk before deciding to buy microcap stocks. Oh, that's good. Now, a few weeks back, Janine and I covered investing in small caps, and we promised that we'd get into microcaps here, and or here we are, um, getting into microcaps. Now, for several years, I attended the annual microcap conference here in Melbourne and I always found it really interesting meeting and listening to founders and CEOs and other senior executives of these micro cap companies that were presented. Now whilst anyone could actually attend the conference the companies presenting you know, they actually paid to be there to get fund managers like us excited enough to buy into their stock but they're also there to entice brokers to 
push these micro cap stocks um, in their normal day-to-day -day activities. Now, whilst these companies were all too small for us to invest in our clients, or invest our clients' funds into, should I say, um, what, a, what attending the conference really did for me was that I gained some really valuable insight into what was emerging. As let's face it, Apple started as a micro cap, so did Microsoft, and as did many other top listed companies here in Australia. Now, Dale, yeah. before we look at some charts, perhaps it's best that we talk about what microcaps are first. Okay. Now, if you remember a few weeks back, we mentioned that microcap stocks can be found in the S&P Emerging Companies Index, and we'll bring that up shortly so that everyone can see what we're talking about. Now, in simple terms, the stocks that are considered microcaps are ranked between number 350 and 600 in order of market capitalisation. Now, market capitalisation, for those who are not familiar with this, is the market value of the company determined by multiplying the number of the company's outstanding shares by the current price. The, the added criteria for microcaps is that they are daily, have daily trading of at least 200,000, and both these criteria are calculated over a six-month average. Now, the actual selection criteria is a little more complex than that. However, I think that you'll get the idea that these stocks are very low on the totem pole. Okay, now, Janine's got, we're going to bring up actually the constituents, oh, sorry, to find the constituents of the Merging Companies Index along with the chart of the performance of the overall sector. All you need to do is visit the S&P Dow Jones Indice website, which is on your screen right now. Um, and Janine's going to type in the code SPAXEC into there, so it's already there. So hit that one, and that'll bring up that, that index, and you can see there on the screen where it says S&P Emerging Companies Index. If you just click on that, that'll give you the information. So now I can share with you exactly where you'll find all the information. So let's, let's have a look at the website. I'll put my glasses on so I can see, can and I can help Janine <laughs> about what's going on, because I did the research on this. So you can look at this. It says Emerging Companies Index there, and you can see here, um, it's got details and data, so you can click on that and it'll bring up... It's blank um, at the moment. Yeah, it's, oh, no, it's there. It it's getting there, so okay. it's bringing it on up. So you, hey, we've got... You've telling, got the magic touch. I've got there. the magic touch. So they're telling you it was up 8.52% in this period as of August. But you can start seeing all sorts of information about all the index methodology. There's announcements in the index, all sorts You're of other... making me dizzy. Can you stop that for oh, a sec? I'm making you dizzy. You make them dizzy as well. Oh, okay. Fact sheet. Fact sheet. So you can go into the fact sheets there. Um, it'll bring up a lots of information about like the top 10 stocks in it. There'll be a whole range of other things um, in there. So if I just open up as a, what do we, I don't know. Let's just open it up. See what, let's just open it up there. And see here you can see the index weighting methods, a whole range of other stuff. But if you scroll down a little bit, we can start seeing historical performance. Uh, you can keep going down and you can see different returns. So you can see all the different returns over the different periods of time. So there's a lot of information here for you to really start to understand what these stocks are and who they are and, and how to start finding those stocks for yourself. So, but you know, you're getting a total return of the index um, over a period of time. So I think with um, if we're looking at that, that was the minus 3.14% over one year, 6.8 over three years and 9.29% over five years and just 2.21% over the last 10 years now. I'm sure many of you are shocked by these figures as they're quite poor. And I know a lot of people with these microcaps thinking, I'm going to make mm. a lot of money, but they tend to be hit and miss a hell of a lot. But let me say that uh, the people who admit that they, they buy microcap shares perceive them as being cheap as many trade at cents in the dollar. So why would somebody want to trade these shares, Janine, 
when they essentially, what they are doing is essentially hoping that they'll hit the jackpot and become millionaires overnight. Yeah. Now, I know we call them, you know, jokingly call them millionaire money makers and that sort of yeah, stuff. I get or people mini, saying I'm money not takers. putting much in. Um, what we also know is that there are companies all the time pushing people to invest yes. in this area. And we know that many who do get pulled in, even though they have no or little knowledge uh, to be able to properly manage their risk. So think about this for a minute. People with no or little knowledge are choosing to trade the highest risk stocks in the market. It doesn't make a lot of sense logically, does it? Now, when we hear of people trading this end of the market, it really concerns us greatly. So we'd rather discuss it openly while we also discuss some of these stocks. And we intend to bring up the stocks in a minute so that you understand the risk to your hard earned if you dabble in this area. Now, as you've heard Dale and I say many times, whether a stock is cheap cannot be determined by the share price alone, but rather only by comparing the current share price against the value of each share determined from the real value of the company and the number of shares issued. Now, you got all that? Yeah. We're going to show you something. I'm going to give so. you an example. For example, <laughs> um, a company valued at $1 million with 1 million shares on issue means that each share is currently worth $1. But if the current share price is $2, the shares are expensive compared to the valuation, whereas if the share price is just 50, 50 cents, then it's cheap to buy compared to its real value. Now, when investing in micro-cap stocks, what you may not realise is you're risking a hell of a lot more than the potential short-term return. Many inexperienced investors lose money, but worse, this greatly impacts on their mindset and ability to change their thinking to make better choices. Now, there's an old saying, what a wise man does at the start, a fool does in the end. Mm. And you know, when, and I've also, when I was younger, somebody said to me, Dale, if you want to learn how to make a million dollars, find a millionaire. So mm -hmm. if you want somebody to learn how to make a lot of money on the stock market, do what they do. Mm -hmm. But what we find is a lot of people start on the micro caps because they think they're cheap yeah. and they can make a lot of money quickly. So they're essentially, while I'm not calling people fools, that's what's happening. The yeah. wise men don't do this. Mm -hmm. They're actually the bigger, better stocks. But let's keep moving on anyway. All right. We, we appreciate that while the benefit of a micro cap is that it could move very fast in price and make you money quickly, these stocks are also very hit and miss, as Dale was saying. So the probability of generating a quick return and holding onto it is low for most. Now, as Dale mentioned, he attended the micro cap conference several times over the years. What he didn't tell you is for a few years, he wrote articles about this for the ASX newsletter. Um, we thought you may like to know the stocks we're about to share with you that are come from the articles that I wrote for the ASX in 2013, 14 and 16. Now, you can actually go to the ASX website, Google my name and you'll see those. But um, Janina's the ability of these stocks is to move fast. One of the risk micro caps uh, make them, as, as I said, much more, as you said, much more hit and miss and also mm. more susceptible to speculation and rumour designed to artificially move the prices up and down. Now, given this, you need to really know a lot more about the company you're buying into than what you would what you would to buy into BHP. But let's now bring up Optima and have a look at the stocks. Now, there's I think there's 12 stocks in this. Now, each microcap conference that I went to had something like 20, 20, 25 different companies. So these are 12 companies that I wrote about over those three, diff over those three different articles or those three different years. And what we're seeing here is if we're looking at looking at the monthly chart, just going back to sort of 2012, um, somewhere 12, 13, 14 in that sort of area. This is the area I was writing them up about. And you can see that this one hasn't done a lot. It's made some big money after I wrote up about it and then it's come right back again. But then we go to this one, same sort of deal here. It 
made some money after the MicroCAT conference and not done too bad, very, very well. Jumbo Interactive was one of those. I was very impressed with them. And that's done very, very well. In, but obviously, it's come back recently down into this March low. If I go to this next one, who's called Max, uh, Maxi Trend Industries, that's done terribly since 2012. So this is sort of the area in I was writing it at, and it came right back. Vocus is another big company. It's a good company. It's come into a great company, Vocus. But again, if I was writing it around about here, 12, 13, 14, it's really done nothing. It's gone right up, come right back again. Um, VTG, same sort of thing. So we're getting a real hit and miss. VTG is another well-known company. Here's one called um, Atlas Pearls. I was really impressed with them about what yeah, they were doing too. with health products and, and not just, just jewelry, but health products. Was the they? pearls? It was just amazing. yeah, it was all about mm. pearls. It was great. Um, DVA, that's um, diverse. So that was bought by One View for about 2.5 million dollars. It got delisted and it's been absorbed into One View. And um, but it really didn't do, do do very well. Nearmap was another one I was impressed with. It's done okay. It's done really nicely. But look That's, how far it's fallen. I was at four dollars yeah. as part of this move down. It oh, went back to mm. below a dollar. It went back to below a dollar. Here's another one. Quick step. I was impressed with those, but again, it's fallen away most of the time. It hasn't mm. done much. Very very volatile there. Um, and I think the last one is Regenerous. This one was interesting. They were in I think phase three trials way back here in 2012 for their thing, or when I saw them in 13 or 14, and they really haven't done much. Yeah, I mean, you'd think it was taking off in 2018 mm. and all of a sudden, bang, it just falls away. So it's yeah. just so unpredictable. And the last mm. one is Money 3, you know, which is a, a money lender, basically. Wow. But um, but it's, that's done a lot better than that, but come back a lot. But, you know, to me, mm. you know, Janine and I talk about liquidity all of the time. And when buying microcaps, it's even more crucial that you're aware of the liquidity risks that exist. And we can't say that enough. There is dramatically less trading occurring on these shares, which means you just need to be aware that just because you can buy a share in a micro cap does not mean you can sell it at a price that you might want and when you actually want to do that. Now micro caps do not suit everyone especially given many do not pay dividends and remember past performance is no guarantee of what the stock will do in future. Now to me micro caps are more suitable for investors with a high tolerance for risk and in the growth stages of their portfolio. Having mentored traders for a long time, in my opinion, trading them should be avoided unless you have a minimum of two years experience in the market, profitably trading, and more importantly, that you're very educated in how to trade properly. With the right approach, they can be fun and it's very profitable if you pick the right companies, but the opposite is also true as Dale was showing there with the charts. So uh, we enjoy watching them grow and expand over time. It's really good to see companies doing great things. And we have many examples of good companies today that were once microcaps, don't we? Mm, absolutely. Now, a word of advice. I have seen, and this is not a joke, even though I smiled, I've seen firsthand how traders become distracted by these small stocks and just lose sight of the more mainstream companies, which will make you more money in the long run. So make sure that you have your strategies working well for the biggest stocks that you can trade before going into this area. Also, if you do trade microcaps, your collective holding in these stocks shouldn't take up more than 10% of your total portfolio and mm. preferably much less. No, I agree. I mean, if you blow yourself up, you're not going to blow up too much of your portfolio. But um, we have some tips on what to confirm when, before buying a micro cap. Uh, we recommend that you ensure that you have, or they have revenue coming in from sales and preferably, if not definitely, are profitable. 
Um, the second one is to ensure they have a high level, that they don't have a high level of debt. I know this is a big one for you. Did you yeah. get that out okay I, then? I did, I eventually did, it's like that. So S. you're gonna do the, the Mickey Mouse, whatever it is, Donald Duck voice? Don't, I only do that for three-year-olds. Is that Looney yeah. Tunes? Yeah, Looney Tunes. Look at the chart to ensure the share price is rising. We talked about momentum and we talk about direction. They're the two things we talk about. So make sure it's yeah, really going important. up. Don't buy them as they're going down because you will be catching a falling knife. Do you want to do the next one? Learn how to set stop losses properly and have simple rules. That's a good one, isn't it? It is a good one. So. <laughs> now, let's get into some more emails, shall we? Before we do, remember to hit that subscribe button now. Whilst you're there, give us a big thumbs up and click on the like button. I click on the like button every week. <laughs> Well, I like you, like so button. I like you, so I've got to hit the like button. Come on, so someone else do it. <laughs> is this my question or yours? I don't know whose question is. Is okay. it mine? We um, have a question. Do you want me to read it? It's your I'll question. Read it. It's mine. Okay, so Dale, wake up. Okay, we have now have a question from Graham. Um, hi, Dale and Janine. Would you be able to share your views on Brambles? I'm looking to purchase it if it breaks above $11.19, as it looks like it's building towards the end of a pennant continuation pattern. Additionally, it's currently trading at between its last major peak just prior to the COVID drop and last major trough at the end of that, making it somewhat a lower risk trade. Do you agree that this is a lower trade at the moment. Thanks, Graham. Actually, before we get into this, Graham, and sorry, I'm not meaning to take your thunder at all. I just wanted to just reflect back on something before I lose this funny thought. You picked on me for something I said tonight, and you said microsaps. So Did I say microsaps? You didn't swear, but you said, good on you. I got a swear jar, <laughs> So, Graham, all right. Brambles, I just had to get that one out. Yeah. Brambles is an interesting stock, isn't it? Yeah, it's so it's it's so volatile, isn't it? It's up yeah. and down. Mm. Look, well, I mean, it's a, it's a bit hit and miss at the moment. And look at all those tops are around thirteen or fourteen dollars there. But why a dollar? Why eleven dollars? Eleven? It was at eleven, eleven, eleven. Yeah, was 11, to buy. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, but why that? I mean, at the moment, it's just going sideways, and it needs to really push up strongly to prove that it's going to go up and that's the challenge for this stock right now it could yeah. just as easily go the other way but I think in the short term it could push higher it needs to get above 1160 really to convince me that it's going to go up and even so you know you've got all of that overhead resistance um, there's bound to be better things out there I'm not sure I agree with his analysis mm. I'm a bit 50 50 on his analysis well when you look at this stock you'd have to be a bit 50 50 on it anyway mm. because of the sideways move mm, mm, mm. Mm. so um, I, I think from what Janine and I are saying, we're not agreeing it's a good buy right now. Mm, but we? look, I mean, it, it's a good, it can be a good trading stock at times. So, you know, I can see why he's got it on his list and why he's looking mm. at it. Um, it's just, it, there are times when it goes in really strong bursts and yeah. then it pulls back in a really volatile fashion. So you can more or less wipe out your profit really quickly. Mm. So you've just got to be mindful of that okay. when you're trading this shop stock now it just about did what you did. What did you just, just we both <laughs> can, so so you're not saying it's a good can buy you could be saying us, it's a good buy it's a yeah. good buy good buy good no. buy good mm, buy good buy it's my turn now apple down okay, okay. you'll go <laughs> the next email's from andrew hello guys love your show learning so much and no doubt lots more to learn read the first book we'll read the second soon and i have recently bought ordinate ad8 to me, it looks like it might have bottomed. Would you agree, Andrew? Ordinate. I haven't mm. seen. I've not. I don't even know what ordinate it is. I've got a, interest now, hasn't he? Look. I know there's a few stocks that people yeah. have brought up this week that I don't know much about. So that's interesting. Okay, on the monthly chart, it's actually pulled back, and it's at an. In, well, I'd say it, it's actually found support at an interesting level. It could 
fall below $5 though in the short term, so I'd just be watching that. It really needs to push strongly mm. above about $6.30 or $6.40 to prove that it's going to go back up again, but it's still, um, you know, question mark at the moment. It's not a big stock, but it's not too bad, is it? Mm. 1.4 million shares, 1.5 million shares, about $5, so it's in that sort of micro cap type of level of turn, yeah. turnover and that sort of stuff. But it's but not too sketchy on the weekly no, chart. For sketchy. an individual trader, mm. they might have something in this, but mm. we I wouldn't look at it, though. Mm. I don't mind it. I'm not overly bullish on it, but I don't mind it. But mm -hmm. just be careful, I think, as long as we've got... You, well, it's getting... not giving you any reason to want to trade it on the monthly chart when you look at it, though. No, I'm not getting mm. excited and about it. on the weekly either, just yet. So mm -hmm. it's no good news, so we're not doing a thumbs up. <laughs> I should get a gong, shouldn't I? Like a bung. Well, I wanted to do that, and I just I suggested that. I love that um, thing. I think it was in a movie where the guy used to hit the mug. Um, who was that? And used to smash the mugs or something if the stock was a real dog stock. That's what I wanted to do. Wouldn't that liven up the show a bit? I don't, anything that you hit, I don't want to know about it. You don't it want to be there. She's a violent person, guys. You keep talking about boxing gloves oh, and stuff no. like that. But can we go to the next email now? Yes. Okay, the next one's from Adam, who says, Hi, darling Janine. I'm a big fan of the show and looking to take up one of your courses. Fantastic, mate. Um, I was hoping you could look into Coles. I love Coles stock. Um, um, I, not necessarily going to Coles, but I love the stock. Um, I have a position at 15.44 and have a stop loss of 18.09. Um, I'm still planning to hold. I just wanted to see if I position my stop loss correctly, Adam. So oh. his stop loss at $18, where yeah, did he put it? Yeah, it has moved strongly, and good on you. It's, it's oh. holding up, but we could be seeing a, about a turn happening now, um, looking at the way the price is unfolding this yeah. week. If it stays down by the end of the week, next week it's more likely to trade lower. The challenge is for us on the weekly chart, if you're trading this short to medium mm. term, there's no exit there at the moment. There's nothing, no, no setup. But if you go to the daily, Dale, just have a look. So where did he, he's put his stop loss at 18 something, wasn't it? 18.0 something, but it's, it's, there's no, nothing on the weekly chart technically to tell you so, that. So just quickly flick. Um, so look, he may be using something on the daily chart to exit, which, mm. you know, you can do. It just depends on the term for the trade that you've picked. So if mm. it was a short term trade, um, yeah. But do you really want to set a stop loss that close on a stock like this? Not, it's generally not for something like Coles or Woolies to mm. do that. Um, it just depends on what you're trying to achieve as well. So when you're trading, are you trying to get some income out of the stock or mm. is it more, more for capital growth over the medium term? What is it? So you've really got to define that at the start when you're picking them. Yeah, I find that the biggest, probably the biggest sin for traders or people trading a stock is setting stop losses too tight. Yeah. And I think that's the number one sin that mm. traders do. And that's when they buy the stock, they have their stop losses too tight. But even when they've got profit, they don't want to lose profit. So they set their stops really, really tight and set them really tight on the wrong stocks. Um, a stock like Coles, you can have a, a looser stop loss because it will vibrate. It's got to go up and it's got to come down. It's got to go up and it's got to come down. And what will happen is you'll get stopped out if you've got your stop too tight. And so you actually get what you don't want. And what happens is, is you, you'll buy into a stock, you make some profit, you'll get stopped out, only for it to see it start to move up again. And a lot of people fear losing some of that profit as they also fear losing some of their capital. And uh, the biggest thing that uh, people have, as I said, is, is those stop losses. But the biggest challenge that people have, they constantly tell us, the people coming to us, is that they don't know how to where to get out properly. Mm. And to me, that is the most critical thing in trading. Anybody can just flip a coin and buy a stock. You don't have to be Einstein yeah. to figure that one out. And when a stock's pointing up so strongly mm. like that, 
they're worried about getting out. You've got to have an exit plan, but at the same time, it's mm. giving you time to be able to do it. This stock gives you plenty of time to Does. decide, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. And to me, it's like when your money's not on the market, it's not at risk. So people are not too stressed about if I haven't bought or I, ha I haven't bought mm. a stock. But once you buy a stock, it really changes the energy in the person and their psychology, mm. and that's why they put those stop losses in most people yep. don't use stop losses so i think fantastic that it's you've actually set great. one mm. mate i think that's brilliant i just think it's too tight yeah i okay. think it's way too tight that's mine the next question we have is from brent now i was being nice wasn't um, i we have yeah, yeah we have shortened this one as well brent thanks for the detail um it's just that you know we can't always get this all out on the show and i might get tongue-tied that's really why he's because you want to punch it. me all the time um hi dale and janine i was hoping to get your thoughts on paradigm via pharmaceuticals par is the stock code i've purchased some shares over the past few weeks at an average of three dollars but i'm now watching the stock creep lower all that being said i know it's a speculative buy as the company is still waiting fda approval phase three and is currently not generating any revenue I was hoping to get your opinion on the charts and what I can expect in the near term. And I hope that you're both well. Thank you very much, Brent. Good to get an email from you. Um, hope you are well too. Wow. Looking at this here, we can see the chart there on the screen. A huge move in terms of the volatility on it with COVID, but it mm. did, has bounced back very well, which is good to see. So look, looking at this, um, I wouldn't be too concerned about the trials. Like we were saying before, it's not about the information that's out there. It's more about what's the, what are the charts showing. And at the moment, it's going down. So it's it, even though the market's been pushing higher, the stock's been falling. So is it possible that the expectation is to the downside at this point well, in time? Well, you don't know, do you? I know, but we had a clear. few questions on MSO Blast, mm. you know, because of an announcement they had last week and it it went down and then went shooting up again and, and a few people asking about that and saying, you know, well, you know. How can one, I do that? How can I do that? And one mm. person said, I got stung, stung by insider trading now. I think if they'd waited two days, they would have went, wow, I'm making more money now. Yeah. Um, but you're never stung by insider trading. You're stung by not having enough analysis on the stock. But and is that more because they might have set their stop or their exit strategy too tight? No, they jumped in expecting, hoping for an announcement to make money. And, when, and this is really why I wanted to stress never buy because of announcements because mm. you're going to get stung just as many times as you'll get it right. But quite often you're buying at the wrong time and people tend to buy just not too long before the announcements because it starts to move up on mm. that anticipation. So then you get people talking about it in chats or wherever they are. And then more people buy in And then in more people the buy in and it goes up and then the announcement comes out and the big end of town have already bought in knowing what's going to happen and then they'll sell into that announcement yeah. So sometimes so you'll get a drop away heavily or you might get mm. a drop away before the announcement because they're selling out of it before the announcement but again number one is by quality so the rules that we talked about earlier you've broken that they're not from what he said they're not even generating any revenue yeah so make sure they're generating revenue make sure they're profit uh they are profitable because some of those companies we showed you a little bit earlier like um the the pearl company that regenerous that was making profits mm. um and they were in trials so when i actually saw them so they were that's why i picked them they none of them weren't making revenues then that's why i wrote about them so there are a few little things but don't put a lot of money in them um, yeah look, and I if mean, you make money out of it great 
with this stock, you'd need to really see it get above the 360 mark, really, to say yeah. that it was going back up at this point. It could just keep falling down in the short right. term, but right it might find weakness. support where it is there. Could. We don't know. Just have to watch it week by week. Yeah. Right now, I'd just mm. be protecting my downside, matey. But um, the next question we've got is from Matt. It says, good afternoon, Dale and Janine. Firstly, a huge thank you for the wealth of knowledge that you both share on your shows. Uh, I'm learning so much from you both each week and from your books too, Dale. Thank you very much for that. Um, he says, could you please look at Goodman Group for me? I entered following, hopefully, a correct trend line rules at just under $17. It's continued to trend upwards, which is great. I've kept raising my trailing stop loss at the price has risen, or as the price has risen. Am I correct in still letting this run further until I see a sell signal? Have a great weekend. What an awesome, awesome email. I think this guy's done fantastic. Mm-hmm. Shows he's read the book and he's listening. Yeah, did he talk about trend lines? Yeah, he mm-hmm. said he bought on a trend line and he's raising his stop loss onto it. But where, how did he buy it and where did he buy it? He told you. Well, I know, but I can't see a trend line entry well, there. Well, as he said, if he did it right. Mm-hmm. So let's... He's bought into an uptrend. I mean, I think that's important. Correct. So that's a positive, the but fact that he was buying a trending stock. So let's look at that. There's no downtrend line on that anyway, so... That's definitely so. You so can't buy on a trend line. You can't, couldn't have bought. bought but on if a you did line. the trading mentor course, you could buy on on the rule in the trading mentor course. On you that. could, yes, you would have bought quite easily back. But it's interesting, isn't it? This stock is in the property area mm. and it's defying all logic it right is. now. You know, we stayed out of the property sector because we, you know, looking at all the property stocks and the index and the direction it's going in, and, and the stocks were heading down. Except GMG. There's shops closing to... up. There's landlords offering people always incentives to keep get into their shops. There's just mm. so much shopping centres. You go to a shopping centre. There's no, you know, nobody in them at the moment. Yeah, well, some of these are apartments and different types mm. of, um, of of office buildings, and it yeah. depends on if you, what you're looking at in their in their portfolio. But Goodman obviously have a, a better, um, mm-hmm. well, they've always had a better portfolio than some of the other stocks that are out there on the market, which shows in their share price. However, it's not really making sense right now. Yeah, so I suppose to Matt, I'm not going to give you the thumbs up for your trend line because I can't see one. I'm not sure how where you're raising your stop loss because you haven't sort of showed us, uh, talked about how you're raising the stop loss. So that was one thing there. Um, but to me, just it's gone vertical. And if you look at the chart here, if you can see the chart here, it's gone really, really vertical here, which is interesting in, in a view is generally when you see the vertical rises, they run out of steam. You can see it right through here on the monthly chart. It had vertical rises at a much steeper rate than we had through here. So momentum really increased. So if I go and look, just grab a trend line tool. And I'm not drawing a trend line on this stock. I'm just showing you the angle of this. You can see here how that moved down into March, came right back down to this momentum that it's following. It's just trailing up and down and around this trend line. This is some of the stuff I work with on the trading mentor students. And when I, I do a recording for them every two weeks and talk to about all these sorts of stuff. Excuse me. Yeah. You just, that's not a trend line. You just no. I just said it's, it's not a trend, a trend line. I said I'm just using the trend line tool. Yeah. Okay. Don't you listen? You like yes, my, but yeah. you just said, and then in your words, you said in in this trend line. So I just want to be clear. Oh, that it's not a trend line. No. No. So you can see the momentum as the angle has really, really, really changed right through here. And even if I grab that and move it, you can see the angle of that's in. Look at this. Look at the angle of the current move. It's even faster again so what you're seeing is like a roller coaster you see this move 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 up 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 and then the steepest bit is just before you go down and go open (laughs) (laughs) and you hang on for dear life okay unless you're like janine you got your hands in the air going whoopee and you look (laughs) you practiced that opu didn't you so that you wouldn't have to do the swear jar i could have said tish 
which okay. is the other one backwards. All right. Um, are you finished with the GMG? Probably. Okay. Awesome. Um, the final question that we have is from Ethan. Hi, Dale and Janine. I've been following your um, company and podcast for a while. Love your weekly updates on the market. There you go, Dale. And Thank overall you. insights. Just want your thoughts on Novonics. There have been quite a substantial rumours that it might be in a partnership with Tesla. Oh, hmm. one of our favourite stocks. Although I know that rumours are never good to go off. I personally believe it has a bright future with its new battery technology and going by their chart. I believe it's still in an uptrend. Would love to hear your thoughts. Kind regards, Ethan. Okay, Ethan, let's have a look at this one we've got here, NVX. Now you Whoa. can see it's gone ballistic, hasn't it? So um, that's a technical t trading term for when you get excited about a share price. Now, looking at that, I would say that if you weren't already in it, then you wouldn't be looking to yeah, buy it. It's way too late, yeah. Um, but you know, people would have been trying to bottom pick that on rumours, and it, it's a tough call, isn't it? Yeah, so, I know. I mean, Tesla's or Elon Musk has come out and said he wants a million-mile battery. Mm. Right now, I think it's two to 400 miles or two to 300 miles that they get on a battery charge. Mm -hmm. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was chatting with Jim in the US about new battery technology that's come out of um, China, I think it was. I can't remember exactly where it was. I'm not sure the company, but they're now getting 1.1,200,000 miles out of a battery. Currently, the batteries in Teslas will only last around about seven, eight years-ish in that sort of bracket, whereas these new battery technology will last 10 years plus, 10 to 20 years. I mm -hmm. think it's closer to 20 years. So that's really exciting news. And I don't know about Novonics, mm -hmm. but I'm saying, suggesting there's lots of battery technology coming out. So uh, we don't know whether it's fact or fiction yet, whether this share has something to no, do No, and you've got the other batteries, mm -hmm. which is, oh, I can't remember, there's a name of, it's not lithium, but there's another um, metal that they're making batteries out of it really impressive in terms of uh, better than lithium, heaps better than lithium batteries, which is what's yep. being used in Tesla right now. Mm -hmm. So, but, uh, and to me, there's lots of different technologies out. how that would affect Tesla if eventually the technology changes and they don't keep up with it. Well, Tesla is. I mean, Elon Musk is funding mm -hmm. a lot of the research into the batteries too. So, you know, he's building a lot of these mega what type farms and those sorts of things. So he's very much interested in it. He's been involved in this other one, this one point two million miles. I guess any company batteries. that has a name that's related to Tesla is going to get a share price rise if there's any Correct. talk about it. So, yeah. and, and low liquidity stocks like this, the rumour could be created quite easily. Well, the, the, there may be yeah. fact behind it. I haven't researched this one and you haven't either, have you? No, not this particular one. But again, I agree with you. If mm. you haven't bought in, it's not worth buying in. And to me, yep. one thing we know for certain is we're moving towards electricity uh, or electric cars. And that's absolutely, there's a new Chinese, there's a Chinese company out that's going to be a competitor to Tesla that's launching new models in the US right now. I was reading up about another one today that's that's... This car's cheaper than a Tesla and does more stuff than a Tesla. Mm -hmm. um, I know the analysts in the US, some of them are saying Tesla will be 25% of the car market in the next 20 years, that's which I think is... Well, I reckon that's a huge tall order because how mm -hmm. do you... Like, Toyota's massive compared to Tesla. You can't even get a Tesla. It takes two years to actually Correct. fill your order. So you've got to build a lot of factories And if to someone do that. can come out and fill it quicker, people are going to say, well, OK, I like the Tesla, but mm. hey, I can get this in six months. I'll take that. Well, the cheapest Tesla is around about thirty to 35,000 US. Mm. This other Chinese company going in with fully electric vehicles are selling it for 12 to 15. I wonder how COVID's going to affect people's opinions of that. Why is that? Well, you, Americans are very patriotic. Do you think they're going to go for the Chinese model? Well, I don't know. Teslas mm. are making them in China. 
mm. as well, not just America. So, but they're building a new plant, I think, in, I can't remember, I think it's a, not, not Atlanta, but they're building a new plant somewhere in the US mm. to, to build okay. cars, which is great. But again, awesome. back to the stock, um, I think it's a bit too late. I think that's what it is. It's now the end of tonight's show, and I hope that you've enjoyed it, and thank you for participating. If you have a topic that you would like us to discuss, send in your ideas, and we'll look at your requests for upcoming shows. Remember to hit that subscribe button now and like the video. So Also, remember to share tonight's show on your social media with your friends and colleagues so the show can grow and help a hell of a lot more people. Janine and I are passionate about helping you get better returns. Also, remember to put the show on your calendar as we'll be back right here on YouTube every Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. As always, we're happy to receive your 30-second video questions, so send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type in Wealth Within Live in the subject line. You must do this before 3pm Tuesdays to get into that night just show. Just do it. Well, that really does bring us to the end of the show, and again, we really hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we have bringing it to you. As always, thanks for joining us, and hope to see you again next week. But for now, goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Good night, everyone. And by the way, I think we should have a barricade between our feet. Why? Because you kicked me during the show. Oh, you kid. You don't, they don't believe it, because you're the one with the boxing gloves kicking me. help. Stay safe, everybody. Bye Thank for you. now. Oh. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.